Sunday morning. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to start a series to go a few weeks, I don't know, three or four weeks on Wednesday nights about making disciples. How many want to be disciples? The last few weeks, as a matter of fact, the last three weeks, we've had disciples in the making. It's either way you want to say it, making disciples or disciples in the making. And so those nights we let guys get up and start preaching and start walking in their gift. And how many know every single one of us is called to be a disciple? And so we're going to get into this really deep and we're going to see what Jesus asks of us as disciples. What does it mean to be a disciple? Am I a disciple? And as we get into it, I want to give a, a praise report tonight. Uh, as Joe was mentioning revival, we've been saying that now we know that the revival that we really want to see has not come yet, but we are in revival. God has been moving in our church, and God's been doing great things, but we have not seen yet what we are going to see. It's coming, amen, the, the greatness and the glory, and uh, where people are calling the fire department on the church, amen. We're going to see that in Jesus' name. But Sunday on a, you know, morning, on a regular Sunday, there was no special day, no special preacher, no special announcements, nothing. As a matter of fact, it was after Easter, which is a lot of times a downer. But this last Sunday, uh, we had a record-breaking attendance, the highest attendance we've ever had as a church for a regular service on Sunday morning. Amen? Give the Lord praise for that. Amen? It was amazing. The second service especially, um, there was no chairs left in here, no room, and people sitting in the fellowship hall. And it was just phenomenal, and God is saving people, amen? And if you've gotten saved, maybe you're watching online tonight, or you're here and you've gotten saved recently, this series is going to be so good. This is going to be like what you're getting in Next Step, but on steroids, amen? It's going to be even greater for you to understand uh, what it is to be made. So we want to make disciples. That's the middle part of our vision. We reach somebody, and then we teach them. And I say this all the time, and especially with my, my basketball buddies because of people we see in, on, a, on, a, on a basketball court and stuff. And then you run into people. You've ran into people like this in your life, maybe at work, maybe it's a family member, somebody who says they're a Christian, somebody who claims to be a Christian, somebody who says, I believe, or I go to church, or whatever the word is they use, but you look at their lives and you watch how they act and how they talk and how they live and they are not discipled. Whenever you see that that person is not walking the walk and talking the talk, they're just talking the talk, you're going to see that there's a lack of discipleship. So that's what I want to talk about for the next few weeks is that we're making disciples, but sometimes we go, am I a disciple? And I want you to write that down. That's going to be uh, in the second part of the title. We're going to be talking about making disciples. But every week I want us to ask ourselves, am I a disciple of Christ? I didn't ask, are you a believer? Because that's one, one thing is to believe, but to be a disciple is to be. Did y'all get that? So it's the, the first part of that. I can believe, and believing is not enough. The Bible says that in James, he says, even the demons believe and, and tremble at his word. So it's not enough just to believe, but we need to become like Christ. Okay? And so we're going to pick up in a second in John, but I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. What is the, di the, di the definition of a disciple? The Latin word for disciple means this, learner. A learner. So first and foremost, as we go through this, are you teachable? Do you have an attitude and a spirit to learn? 
Do you have a when you hear someone say, I, I, there, I, "We need hunger and thirsting for righteousness and for the things of God"? That means you are not just going through the motions. You're not just checking the box that you went to church. You come tonight with a desire to learn something. You come with an, an, an expectation that God is going to speak something new to you. And so you are a learner. And if you're a true disciple of Christ, you are going to learn something in every situation. You're going to see something going on, and you're going to say, how can I learn from this? What is God teaching me? What does Jesus want me to do in this situation? A learner. And another part of the word is disciplined, and that is being disciplined in instruction. That's another part of the word disciple coming from discipline and so basically if I'm a disciple I am a learner who is disciplined in being instructed does that make sense I'm a learner and I'm disciplined in being instructed who's our instructor Jesus he, he, Paul said, follow me as I'll follow Christ. I'm your leader in this church. I'm the, 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 the shepherd of this flock, so to speak. And I'm following Christ and you're following me. And then somebody else is following you. You should always be following somebody and somebody should always be following you. You should always be being discipled by somebody and you should always be discipling somebody else. Okay? So let's get into where we left off Sunday. John 13, we read this at the end. Very last thing I said in the message, verse 34 and 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, and what was it? That you love one another. So we hit that hard, and, and in this next few weeks, we're going to go over some things specifically that Jesus tells us that are commands that we're supposed to obey. And he says, As I've loved you, that you would also love one another. Now watch this second part of the verse. By this, all will know... That you are my what? My disciples. Those are Jesus' words. So the word disciple, the learner, the discipled, sorry, discipline in instruction is Jesus' word from God that we would be those people. Do you notice that Jesus did not say, by this all will know that you go to church? Are you all reading that with me? doesn't say by this all will know that you paid your tithe. I'm I'm focusing on the fact that he's looking for somebody who's disciplined in instruction, somebody who is following him word for word. We need to be people who go, if Jesus said it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm not going to wonder. I'm just going to do it. And so he says, if if, if, all the people will know this, that you're my disciples, that we can be a disciple. And he says the number one thing, and we're going to get into other things, but this is the silver lining, is that we'll love one another. And I don't want to go back and re-preach Sunday's message, but love is, is what he's talking about there. And that's a huge thing. And so every command that he gives has love as the silver lining. So the question is tonight, am I a disciple? You say, am I truly a disciple of Christ? The question is, as we read in Matthew on Sunday, and we're not going to look at it again tonight, how do, do I, the, the answer is, do I truly love God? Do I truly love God? Brian said, do you truly believe? Do I truly love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength? How many know you can't answer that question for me, and I can't answer that question for you? Only one person can answer that question, and that's you. Do you truly love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength? And some would say quickly, yes, I do. 
and that's fine. But then the next question is, do you truly love people? How many know the first one's easy to say, second one's a little harder? Lots of people, I, believe, I love God with all my heart, all my mind. I, he's everything to me. He's, he's, my, he's my rock. He's my shepherd. He's my king. He's my prince of peace. But I don't about, about people, I don't know about them. I don't know if I can love them people. Well, he didn't ask us. He told us. He commanded us. He said, this is a new command. You've got to love people. So I don't want to digress to the Sunday message or go backwards, but I want to focus on this. He says in John 14, look at this, verse 15, Next chapter, if you love me, so I will just be on the same page. We're all going to say tonight that we're all in love with Jesus. We love him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. We love people. And he says this, if you love me, he says, keep my commandments. How do I know if I'm a disciple? I keep his commandments. I mean, lots of people say they love God, but don't keep his commandments. So you can say it all you want, but do you really love God? Jesus says, like we would as human beings, don't tell me you love me, show me you love me. Are we any different than God in that aspect? Don't we want people to show us, not tell us? Don't we have the saying, talk is cheap? Don't we have the thoughts that, I, 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 don't, I, don't, want you, I don't want to hear about it, I want to see it. God's the same way. God wants to see discipleship in our lives. He wants to see that we truly have it. Now, we're going to fall short. We're going to fail sometimes. We're not going to love like we should love. We're not going to do everything we should do. We're going to make mistakes. We're human. But God is weighing the intentions of our heart, and he's looking to see if we're trying. He's looking to see if there's an effort towards saying, let me figure out all this stuff that God asked me, and to the very best of my ability, I'm going to do his commandments. I'm going to keep his commandments. So this is what we're going to focus on for the next few weeks. And I'm going to go over a lot of these, breaking them down for the next few weeks. And believe it or not, there's about 40 of them. I don't even know if I'll get into all of them. 40 on the low, on the easy, where you start to take parables and you start to take, and we, all, we know that it all goes back to what we talked about Sunday, that they're all tied up in these two things, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. But then sometimes we're like, okay, what does that mean specifically? And that's what we're going to go over. That's what we're going to look at in the scriptures. Now let's look at a few other scriptures to kind of start this off and give a little background to it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, and look at why we have the gospel here today, why we have uh, the opportunity to reach, teach, and sin. is because we are fulfilling God's great commission it's called and he tells us in his word he says the 11 disciples went away into Galilee this is Matthew chapter 28 to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them and when they saw him now I want to leave this up and I want to focus on this for a moment before we move on this is exactly what I'm talking about the last few minutes that I was talking when they saw him look at this they worshiped him there's the good side but what did some people do? So leave that up there. I want everybody to just, just stare at that for a minute. Where are you at? Where are you at? In a situation that gets tough, when things get rough, when things aren't going like you want it to go, 
when there's bills, when there's sickness, when there's storms, when all these things are happening, are you on the doubting side or are you on the worshiping side? We know where God wants us to be, and that's our, that's our, our, our point to strive for. But even back then, he calls these disciples, and some of them worshiped, some of them did the right thing, and some doubted. So we don't want to be the doubters tonight. Amen? We want to be the worshipers. But we see here very clearly that there is a, a group of people who know the truth and hear, but they still doubt. Now I want you to think for a second, church, and remember that this is guys and women who saw Jesus with their physical eyes. Who walked with Jesus. you got to realize this, this, this chapter we're reading is after three years of walking with him. As we're watching The Chosen and we're looking at this, uh, these videos and these, these shows and watching how they walked with him for three years. This is after the three years and some still doubted. And I always remind you, let's not be like Thomas. Let's not be like Doubting Thomas. We know Thomas was one of them because he had the name Doubting by him. How many don't want to be called Doubting Your Name? Doubting Thomas. I won't believe unless I touch him, unless I see him with my eyes. And Jesus let him see him. But he said those words that I love. He said, but blessed are those who will believe in me who have not seen me. That's you and me. 2021, we believe in Jesus and who he is. And we have not seen him physically with our eyes. We have not touched him physically with our hands. But he has transformed our lives. Has he transformed anybody's life in this place tonight? Amen. Has he changed your life and turned you around? So we, we're not going to be the doubting Thomases. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, I've got it all. And now I'm going to give it to you. And here's the great commission. He says, Go. Go. That's why we go out of here on a Wednesday night. We go out of here on a Sunday. We go out of here after a breakaway night. We go out of here after youth, after a prayer meeting, after an outreach. We go to in an outreach to go. And it says, make. There's the word. Go and make disciples. Now this is an important word. When something has to be made, it means it doesn't exist yet. Do you see that? You, you are not automatically, when you believe in Jesus Christ and you convert to Christ and you say, Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. When you say that prayer at this altar, why do you think sometimes people say that prayer and three months later they're not here? Are y'all here? What, why are they not here? Because they didn't become disciples. They just simply said a prayer. And they may have even said it from their heart, but they weren't made into disciples. So he didn't just say, go and preach. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. There's an emphasis we've got to put on that word, make. Because church disciples are not born disciples. They're made. When you, when you, again, I, I can't emphasize that enough. We have not arrived... When we accept Christ into our heart, we have to be made into disciples. And so he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's very important to discipleship, understanding the Godhead. Understanding the work of all three of those persons of the, of the Trinity. 
because all three of them have a place in our lives. He says, make, make name, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. Notice he says everything. He doesn't say teaching them to obey some things. He says to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, back to John 14 again. Let's read this again. Verse 15. If you love me, if you say you're a disciple, what does he want? He didn't say, tell me you love me. He says, keep my commandments. Now, let's keep reading in that chapter. John chapter 14. This is going to be the bulk of tonight's message to get us started. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Watch what the next verse is. And God, Jesus says, and I will pray to the Father. See how we see the Godhead being involved here? And he will give you another helper. By the way, if you've ever talked to anybody, this is a big part of discipleship, and they don't believe in the Trinity of God, triune, three people, then you're talking to someone who has a false doctrine. We see very clearly in these scriptures, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He says, I pray to the Father. It's Jesus praying. So he says, I pray to the Father, and I'm praying to the Father that he will send the Helper, who is the Holy Spirit. So there we see something very important to our faith, that we have a Trinity God, a triune God, three in one and one in three. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this right now. Uh, or I could preach a whole message on it, and I have. But you understand that we are a being that is three, pe- three, 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 be- three in one. Uh, uh, lots of stuff in, 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 in science, lots of stuff in, the, in nature has this same thing. We're body, soul, and spirit. So we're, we, we, have, we are made in the image of God. And so it's three distinct things in one, in one and three. They work in unison, but they're three different. So we see this here. How many are with me so far? And it says that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. How many want the spirit of truth? Whom the world, and Joe mentioned this at the offering, whom the world cannot receive. The Bible says unless you have the Spirit of God, you cannot receive Him. Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Capital H. But you know Him. How many know the Holy Spirit tonight? For He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hit something real quick before I move on here. And I didn't think about this when I was reading a little bit, but as I see things, I'll hit it. This is great discipleship here. Did you notice as we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as something that happens as an experience after faith, did you notice that he says he dwells with you and will be in you? Did not say he was in you. He says he will be with you. So that was the experience that was going to happen on Pentecost. They were going to go and wait for the promise. How many know you can't go wait for something that you already have? If somebody, if you gave me your keys to your car and you said, uh, go out and wait in the car and I'll come, give, I'll come get, let you in, I don't need to let you in. You already gave me your keys. I don't have to wait for something that I already have. So the promise of the Holy Spirit was something to come. That's why he says he will be with you. And I will not leave you orphans, and I will come to you. Keep reading. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, 
and you in me, and I in you. Now, here we go. What's a disciple? He who has my commandments and what? Shout it out. Keeps them. It doesn't say he who has my commandments and recites them. Right? It doesn't say he who has my commandments and knows them. Lots of people know. Lots of people can recite it. He says, I don't want you to know it and recite it. I want you to do it. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So if I'm a disciple, I'm not just someone who knows the things of the Bible. I do the things of the Bible. I'm not someone that tells people that's wrong in your life and you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't do this and all the other, and I do it. I live what I preach. I preach what I live. I'm I'm a doer and not a a sayer alone. That's what he's saying here. And he says, he who, verse 21, he who has, has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. How many want Jesus to manifest or, re, or reveal his power to you? So Judas, not Iscariot, watch this, says, Lord, how is it that you will, and this is, this is going back to the things we've talked about for the last month. He says, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and to the world? Remember on Sunday when I said it's our fault? He says, how will the world know? How's the world going to know who you are? Look at the person next to you and say, remember, it's you. And it's me. And it's us. Are you seeing that? Is anybody blown away by that? Is anybody humbled by that? Does anybody think Jesus could have chose somebody better? Amen. He says, I'm going to use you to manifest myself to the world. How many know if you wanted the whole world to know something? You'd have to choose very carefully who you picked to represent you. And Jesus did that for three years. And how many know the people he picked are not people we would have picked? That's what's so amazing about God. How many know we wouldn't have picked us? We wouldn't have picked us. And there's, there's a good part of being humble on that and saying in a humble way, but not, not in the way where you're not willing to do it. Because the truth is, he picked us. Whether we want to be picked or not. And he's going to manifest his glory to this world through us, whether we want him to or not. And if we don't, then it goes back to Sunday. Then it's our fault. Are you here? Jesus says, here's his answer. If anyone loves me, he's kind of beating a dead horse, isn't he? Kind of seen this several times already in a few minutes I've been preaching. If anyone loves me, he will go to church. If anyone loves me, he will recite my my word. If anyone loves me, he will tell others what to do. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And it's not, is is Carson keeping my word? It's not, I wonder if, if Rowdy's keeping my word. I wonder if Kaylee's doing right. It's God, am I keeping your word? Personal. 
Am I being disciplined in instruction? Am I learning? Am I a learner? Am I looking at every single, watch this, every single message that's preached? You want, here, I'm going to just throw this in for free. Want to know if you're a disciple? You want to know tonight? Here's one way you can know. I'm going to give you lots of ways in the next few weeks. Here's one right off the bat. Any message that's preached, you're not thinking of somebody else that needs to hear it. Boom. Mic drop. We go home right there. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or say I agree, but here's the truth. Many times when our heart's not in the right place, we hear a message and we start thinking, oh, I hope they heard that. Right? Or, or, or sometimes we even elbow someone next to us. Or, or we think, man, I wish they were here. Or I hope they're watching online. That, that, that's not the heart that God's looking for. He's looking for someone who says every message, man, God, that's tough, Lord. That's for me. That's me. Did you get that? That's the truth. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. See, God wants us to love his Son. And he will come to him, this is so good, and make our home with him. Remember, this is, we're not of this world, amen? God, he went to prepare a place. In this same chapter in the beginning, he went to prepare a place for us. And he says we're going to be home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. How many are still here tonight? Let's close up this part right here. Some good scriptures. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present. So he is saying, physically, I'm with you right now. They're on the mountain. He's about to, if you know the scripture, he's about to ascend into heaven. That's where he's at. He's about to go into heaven, which is mentioned in Matthew and Luke and then Acts. And he's about to go into heaven. And as he's about to go into heaven, he's leaving his last words. And he says, I've spoken these things to you while being present with you, meaning in your presence physically like we are tonight. But, and this is what I want to close with, and I want to make this the key to this first night. But the helper the Holy Spirit, watch this, are you with me? What does he say here? Whom the Father will send in my name. He is talking about again, what? Pentecost, book of Acts, chapter 2. He says, I'm going to send, so he has not yet filled them. Are you seeing that? So we need as a disciple... One of the biggest things we need, and this is going to be the silver lining for everything else we talk about, we need the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit. How am I going to keep Jesus' commandments? Listen to this closely. We cannot keep Jesus' commandments in our own power. We can't. And guess who else couldn't keep it in his own power? Jesus. Because he was in a physical body. He needed the Holy Spirit power too. Remember when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended down from heaven and God looked down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The power of God came on Jesus in his physical body and that spirit helped him. Remember when he was led by the spirit into the wilderness? So we need church, if we're going to fulfill his commands, 
He, we, a lot of people, it seems like erroneously, listen to all these parts here, and they skip the, they skip the, re, the, the they read the rest that we just read and leave this part out. And Jesus says, the helper whom the Holy Spirit will send in my name, watch this, will teach you all things. So how do I be a disciple? How do I hear his voice correctly? How do I? By the Holy Spirit. He speaks to me. He teaches me. He helps me. And then it says, and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. See, when we're reading the Bible on the daily basis like we should be, and we're getting the word in us like we should be, then the Holy Spirit, watch, stay with me on this, then the Holy Spirit will remind us of the things we've read. But if we're not reading, He doesn't have anything to remind us about. So sometimes we wonder, how come I don't hear the voice of God? Because you haven't been reading the voice of God. Can I get an amen over here? Are you with me? That's why we don't hear his voice. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the pastor says on Sunday. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the worship song you listened to this week that had the Bible in it. No, it says by the word of God. So as we read the word, we are learning, not just, not just learning on Wednesday night, but hearing the word is, tonight is a good thing. You're listening. This is the instruction part. And you're saying, God, God teach me how to be a learner. Discipline me in my instruction and in how to be instructed. And then the Holy Spirit will come along and make it all make sense. And make it all come together. And be perfect. You see that? Now let me give you one more verse. As the musicians are heading up here, I know they're on their way. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Here's, here's where it ties in. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding in a, in, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord Watch this, our being, as you're a disciple, you're being transformed. Do you notice that we are not transformed into that, to a disciple when we get saved? We are being transformed. And being is ongoing. And it will never become, or we were. We're going to have to be being discipled and transformed into his image until he comes. And that will never stop. And that's another, if you want to know another key, is another way you know you're a disciple is you know you haven't arrived. And you know you got more to learn. As those guys were preaching last week, I've been preaching for 30 years. I could have sat back, crossed my legs, and listened. But I took notes. Because I can learn from anybody. A disciple can learn from anybody. A disciple wants to learn from anybody. A disciple's looking for a way to learn. And I learned that through discipleship in my own life. As I'd get up at a conference to preach, and my pastor who had been preaching for 50 years would be sitting on that front row taking notes from me. Meaning he hasn't arrived. So put that back up if you would, please. Being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Watch this. Just as by what? The Spirit of the Lord. You know what we need more of to be a disciple of Christ? The Spirit of the Lord. 
more. We need, you might say, well, I don't know if I have any. Get some. Let the Spirit of the Lord fill you up. The Spirit of the Lord is, is the water in that shower. The Word is the soap. How many, have anybody ever tried to take a shower with just soap? Not, it's not going to happen. You can rub that soap on you and you can push it on your legs and arms and it's just going to be soap. But how many know that water is what put, rinses it, it, brings it all together? But then you got some people who, who just have the water and no soap. You need both. You need the Word and you need the Spirit. You need both. Both things. And when you get the Spirit anointing God's Word and you become teachable and instructable, you become a disciple. You, be, you become a disciple of Christ and you begin to desire to fulfill God's word. Amen? And if you'll take this for homework tonight to write it down, we'll go over it next week. Galatians chapter 5, I want you to read the fruits of the Spirit. Because he says in that chapter, if I, it starts around 16 to verse 25, you just want to write that down. He says, if I walk in the Spirit then I will not fulfill the lust of my flesh. See, the problem, church, is a lot of times we say, I just, I'm just weak and I just can't say no to that and I just can't do that. That's because you're walking in flesh and not the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're able to say no to those things. You're able to, to understand this is your temple. This is a sanctuary. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a learner of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus did it, I can do it. But it's not by my might and it's not by my power, but it's by His Spirit. His what? His Spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Father, tonight all over this place, make us disciples. Instruct us, discipline us in learning. Teach us how to be doers of your word and not hearers only. Father, as we close this service and as we take some time to find a place at the altar and we find time to pray tonight and, and, and take what we've heard in this message and put it into practice, we ask that like the rain that comes down on dry ground, the Holy Spirit power would fall on us tonight. That we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. For some, some people for the first time and some people to be refilled. But Lord, that we would constantly be emptying ourselves so that you can fill us back up, Father. And Lord, that you'd fill us up to overflowing. Overflowing, Father, so that that Spirit is bringing life to the teachings that we're reading. If I don't understand it, God, your Holy Spirit will give me understanding. How many, as you're praying tonight and your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you, you've read something and you don't understand it, but you didn't even ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it means? Have you prayed? Have you said, Lord, I don't get this, but Lord, if I, I know I'm going to pray, I'm going to read it again. And Holy Spirit, would you make this come alive to me? Holy Spirit, would you speak this to me? Holy Spirit, would you make this evident to me? Would you turn the light bulb on in my head, in my spirit, in my heart to understand this? He'll do it. He'll teach you all things. How many in this place all over from front to back and side to side, as it was mentioned earlier, don't know Jesus as Lord, as Master, as Savior? And tonight you need to be born again. You need to be forgiven of your sins. 
You need to put your name in the Lamb's book of life tonight, not by anything you can do or deserve, but by God's grace and love. How many could say, that's me? Just put your hand up and say, pray for me tonight, Pastor, all over this place. I'm here, and I need Jesus quickly all over, all over. As people are here in this place knowing Jesus, maybe you're watching online or listening to the podcast, and you don't know the Lord. We're going to say a prayer in a moment. You're going to have an opportunity to accept Christ and believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but that doesn't make you a disciple. You need to get into church. If you're listening on the podcast or if you're listening online and you don't make church and coming to the house of God and being discipled, a a priority, you need to start doing that so you can learn how to be a disciple. I want to stand all over this place, if you would, and we're going to say a prayer tonight. Maybe you're backslidden. You're that prodigal son that's out there, and you know what's right. You know the Bible better than I do, but you're not living according to his commandments. How many see tonight, as we look at these verses we just read, now you start seeing how someone can backslide. What does that mean if someone backslides? That means they stop keeping his commandments. Do you see that? Does everybody see that? That's, that's, how, you, that's how, you, how you show you're not in the faith anymore. That you, I'm not saying that you made a mistake and failed on something. I'm saying you know what to do right, and you don't do it. And you don't even care that you're doing it. That's, that's what a backslider does. They get to a place they don't even care. They're not even trying. And the devil has blinded them, and they've, they've lost their way, and they're like that prodigal son, and they're out there in the filth of the pig sty, and all of a sudden... They go, what am I doing here? And they realize, I have stopped obeying the commands of the Lord. I've I've allowed the Spirit of God to be quenched out of my life, and now I'm doing nothing but walking in the flesh. And when you walk in the flesh, you're going to get what the flesh gives you. And the Bible says that flesh is death. So tonight, as we are disciples, we're saying every day, every day, as you're watching online, every day, I need to be more in the Spirit and less in the flesh. Because if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lusts of my flesh. Everybody that's here, say this with me for those that are online. Lord Jesus, we're here tonight, honest before you, and understanding that we're sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We need a Savior. I know that you died on the cross one time for all, for all of my sins. You took my place as an offering unto God. You shed your blood as sacrifice for my sins. And I believe that with all my heart and I confess it with my mouth. And I believe you rose from the dead to defeat death so that I could be born again and I wouldn't have to face the second death which is judgment without God. I receive you tonight. I accept you tonight. I believe on you tonight. You're my Lord and Savior. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. As we begin to go offline, you're here tonight. I really believe these next few weeks,